uh, I mean, it's, so it's a it's essentially a compilation of a hundred years of headlines, um, going back to eighteen. What's the first one? It's very very timely. I got this like three weeks ago. Um, actually, two weeks ago. The first print is from eighteen ninety eight, and within this last hundred years, Russia has been at war for like 30 out of the 100 and we're we're in another one so it's very very timely i'm reading about the last time they had a fight with germany well not the last time but um a spat in 1915 and we know that was pre-world war one and two just very timely and a lot of interesting nuggets on how you can read like the developments as the war progresses um or actually even before that you can see the developments in political like staturing or posturing rather both in Germany, Russia, and then the U.S. kind of sitting all the way outside, not doing anything. Very, very interesting because it's not necessarily what we're doing today. Uh, kind of have our hands more in the cookie jar. But um, I do think that I bind to that adage that uh, history might not may not repeat, but it kind of sounds the same. Anyway, that's a long-winded intro. I'll let you take it back. <laughs> That is the uh, new intro to Worthless Crypto Options. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, your host, Professor Satoshi, and I'm joined with Berlin. Um, we, we recorded last week. Unfortunately, it was actually uh, not recorded. It technically, almost basically didn't happen, um, except for the 20 or so people that actually watched the uh stream live so maybe we could i wish we can do we were like professional enough streamers where we can like get snippets of video of like what we said to see if it actually came true because we've said some like pretty spot-on stuff um since the beginning of this show and then obviously some stuff that's not exactly spot-on um but you know in this business is all about guessing and forecasting, which is a little bit of what we're going to do today. But, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about with you, Berlin, on this show, the, the main things that you're looking at, what is worrying, and, like, since you're, quote-unquote, on the street, like, what is a sentiment from institutional players um what is their what are they worried about what are they looking at and uh hello we can barely hear your voice oh shoot okay hold on let me uh, i'm not talking yet but yeah i can i can break down what i see from my seat uh of course everything we say here is not financial advice uh even if you follow what we say, uh, it might not play out exactly as you expect. Um, so yeah, don't listen to us. We are idiots. Well, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm most certainly an idiot. Uh, so if you listen to me, odds are you will make an idiot-like move. Um, can you hear me right now? I asked if uh, it was better. Zali 99 z is it better? Or is it worse? The first voice is great. The second one is much lower. I feel like it's me. Berlin, how about you talk again? Let me hear. Alright, testing, testing. One, two. Okay. Satoshi Heist. Prof is low, Berlin is good. Oh, it's because, like... I, I edited mine because I was playing games, and then now I don't know how to edit it back. <clears throat> anyway. Is there a default? I mean, is there a revert to default or something like that? I don't know. Um, this is high volume. The other... <laughs> oh, no. I mean, let me see what happens. I don't know how to enhance it. Something, uh... How about Berlin? I will try to toggle my mic 
and uh, in the meantime, you can give us like the overlay of what you're seeing on the street. Sure. So I work in uh, more on the credit the credit side. So uh, I have more more much more with bonds. Uh, we are seeing there's like is widening again. There's credit widening. But there's also a lot of direct issuance that are kind of like chasing yield. Um, yield is always priced against risk-free, so a lot of the newer deals are priced pretty fat compared to where we were a year ago, um, even more so two years ago. But there's also a lot of hesitation because it's there's a lot of uh, obviously there's a lot of kind of like it, even though the VIX index is not showing a lot of fear, um, there's definitely a lot of you, you can feel um, just with the speed of drops, right? We kind of uh, had a very cheery summer, uh, probably from July to mid-August. Uh, you can bottom ticket in June. Um, I think it was like second or third week in June. Uh, just hardcore rally through to August, and then within like one week, one full trading week, I believe we lost like all the gains. So it kind of keeps people a little bit trepid, right? You're uh, the proverbial. This is staircase up, elevator down, and we're definitely kind of feeling like a jolty elevator right now. Um, it's probably more for just general equity side, um, but I think that's what everyone's kind of hesitant on. Uh, the next shoe to drop really feels like there's, if it's valuation driven, it'd be from the earnings side, right? Um, I think the other scary things that are kind of creeping in now that I haven't really reflected in the numbers are the corporate staff cuttings that you see that you're seeing at what was the last one was it macy's or gap i think gap was a big one or well several hundred people 500 people corporate corporate stuff at gap walmart was several weeks back i forget a couple other reports recently um and those are not you know those are not retail paying jobs those aren't cashier or sales clerk it's it's those are you know, finance, accounting, marketing, those are probably people with six-figure salaries who are the more fattier parts of a company. Um, so that's what I'm seeing. I think that's that's kind of the general fear. This, it hasn't really seeped into um, unemployment. It hasn't really seeped into finance. I think it's not in my circles, but uh, I am feeling like a lot less recruiter messages. I don't know if you can speak to that too. Um, it's just like the flow of messages has dropped for me. So I suspect that's probably also universally true for other folks in, in uh, uh, investment, asset management, and investment banking. I feel like that's probably going to reflect a little bit later. Um, a bit of a different case, I suppose, for, for us as well, because we, like financial institutions, as we, and we can get into this later when we talk about different asset classes, but, but normally, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm interested in... I'm interested in like what is the like let's just call it the vibe, the sentiment. Like how does everyone feel? Like, uh, are we in the middle of this thing? Because that's kind of how I feel personally. Like we're in the middle. Yeah, I've certainly in the. Past the first inning, the first couple of innings, um, I kind of think of kind of in this feeling in the dark zone. I'm actually kind of glad you brought it up, like or phrased like that, because I feel like we're actually somewhat uncertain in terms of like, all right, we feel the downward momentum, right? We just doesn't take a genius to look at this spy chart. Feels like we have extreme downward momentum, but no one is like people have been slowly buying the dip, buying the dip. But we haven't really seen capitulation yet either. Uh, you could argue the June lows. You, you could argue several different indicators pointed to that being uh, a generational Wait, bottom. Time but out. like timeout. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen capitulation. I mean, okay. So I want to take a pause there because, like, we I think we've seen retail is is completely rinsed, completely. I mean, you can for crypto. I think for crypto, you could argue that, but I don't think that's true for stocks, right? Like, look at look at Bed Bath Beyond. Uh, that was only as late as three weeks ago when this thing was doing two hundred percent in a week, something like that, right? So I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, for crypto, I could argue the capitulation came by way of Celsius, Luna, three AC, right? Like 
uh, we can get more nuance here. But I'm sorry, let me get back to your question about the vibe. I think there's an actual air of uncertainty, especially now you see, like, I think I pointed out in the chat yesterday, the Fed funds, the, the terminal rate, at, rather, um, for 2023, it's completely, it doesn't even bracket what we had for 630 when they released it in 630. I think I forgot the range. It was like 3.9 to 4. Four three or something like that. And now it's four six to four nine. I forget the exact numbers, but it doesn't even bracket it, which means we're jumping. Like we are literally jumping leaps and bounds. And the race right now is: Are we tightening fast enough to get us um, on track from where we missed from a year ago? Right? Because it's the argument could be very well had that Fed was behind a curve beginning of the year or even um, into last year right q3 q4 last year they're behind the ball um so just, you can make that argument and then like now you kind of have to move yourself forward and say like hold on are we at the pace where we're about to break things and then kind of if that's the case what is going to break how close are we to it and then this kind of gets into we can get into the forecasting because i was really hoping we would have a band-aid moment between now and let's call it november there's no fomc in october so we kind of get a Super Bowl of events in November. We have FOMC, I believe, one and two. November 1st is when they meet. And then we get the minutes on the second from this meeting, uh, one that occurred this past week. And then we also get the conclusion on the rate decision. Right now, it's probably looking like another 75 or 50. Uh, 50 is more likely at the current junction. Um, but that's really it, right? Our, we don't know if it's going to be a Band-Aid moment and we have a clear either Fed pivot or Fed pause. I think people, uh, either of those, would be no, dovish. No, no. Anyone talking? You say about that. I'm just. I like, know. Uh, I, I. I don't disagree with you. I'm kind of have throwing my hands in the air. I really don't know. That's the level of uncertainty I'm, we're at. I'm very. I. I have a high conviction. I mean, you. You just heard Powell speak yesterday. That's not a man that sounds like he's ready to ease ease up or put on the, the brakes a little bit. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I could also say that he didn't say anything different from the uh, July meeting ahead of uh, Jackson Hole, and yet the market ripped right in right like in his face, right yeah. when, when other governors were talking. They, that uh, they had for, a break for August though, because he was at the economic symposium. Uh, I think we 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 be venturing into like, all right, is sentiment better uh, a better gauge of current junction or? actual technicals and fundamentals or i, do, I shouldn't I, say technicals i think that's a huge yeah. factor like the psychological like oh okay we're we're, we're safe for six yeah months, whatever it was and then we had so maybe and... maybe we start there instead because i think from a chart perspective like technically speaking the charts are right back to june right so well uh, when is it too soon to begin um shifting to a sentiment style view versus viewing fundamentals i think fundamentals are if we if we extrapolate from FedEx, right? Um, we can probably continue to tighten on fundamentals for another three to six months. That's just my view, right? But I, I feel like FedEx, UPS, Amazon are very very good pulses on immediate demand destruction. Immediate meaning like like what you and I said last week. Like if you're, if you're, how many boxes are you ordering these these weeks? I feel like it's a lot less. I'm not. I'm still at home, still working from home, so I don't need to buy another computer chair. Uh, you know, so I it's, it's definitely a lot less compared to a year ago. Yeah, um, I remember. But I yeah, UPS stuff. I, yeah. I, um, for me, I asked myself like, okay, I mean, we're almost coming up on the anniversary when we sold. In in in, in what it's uh, end of September, we sold. What November? I forgot exactly. But yep. I can't believe it's uh, coming up on a year. And now I'm asking myself, has everyone who wants to sell, ha have they sold yet? And I'm looking at two things on my screen right now. I don't know if you're looking at the stream or I know I'm not sharing screens with you, but I'm looking at Shopify and I'm looking at Ethereum side by side. And Guess which asset is actually doing better? I think I would think Ethereum. What year to date, or what was the frame? I'll oh, take a stop. I'll just say from top Ethereum. Down, Ethereum is doing better by ten percent. About Shopify is down eighty-four percent from all-time highs. 
Ethereum is down 75%, give or take, from all-time highs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. has everyone who's wanted to sell, have they sold? And, like, basically what I'm trying to get at is, like, um, yes, there's a lot of reasons to be bearish. Um, I'm wondering when all those reasons kind of air out. And then we can basically come to the conclusion that, okay, everything that is uh, supposed to be bearish, supposed to have bearish impacts on the markets, it's it's been aired out. And now it's kind of safe to uh, start putting even more chips on the table. You think we're there? Yeah, that's a, I, 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 I'll be completely frank. I've been adding long uh, inequities, but that's really for like my 20 year horizon um, where I think like shares. would spot like shares or, or I'll just long deltas by shorting puts with like 30 to, I just give myself so much runway now. Like I don't really care if I sell it an option with five months on it and I'm not, I'm not uh, optimizing for efficiency in terms of like theta. I don't really care for that. I'm just, I'm just like, oh, okay, well uh, I'm ready long, natural long, right. I, in my retirement account, I'll just add a little bit more long deltas here. I think there's a lot going on um, and it's very, very hard to be, um, to look beyond several years right now. It's actually the, the, like the entire curve, the entire bond curve is telling is expressing the same. And I actually feel like I'm in alignment with that. Um, there's a couple other things where, while I understand what you're saying in terms of like referencing, especially, especially self-referencing, we've been out of the market with, let's call it 40, 50% of our capital or at least a sizable portion of your bag um, for a year now. And it's very odd. I just want to remind everybody that uh, technically I'm, I'm literally up on a year to date basis versus market because I've been in cash. Like there's no other way to put it. Um, If you were in, yeah. And if you were in, if you were in spy or if you were in Bitcoin and you're, you know, the hot on the mentality, year to date, you're, you're red, right? So I think that's one thing to think about. The other thing to think about is that um, this asset performance, asset type uh, or asset prices, while there are like models, algos, there's CTAs that trade based on trailing performance, trailing volatility, um, implied volatility, historical versus historical volatility, the price is the price. It doesn't quite care. Um, which kind of goes back to your other question about has everyone who wants to sell have they sold? What about I posit you another one? Has everyone who needs to sell to respect volatility have they sold? There's a lot of flows that travel based on rolling rolling volatility and rolling performance. Um, <clears throat> that's a rhetorical question. It's like it's way too big for either of us to, to answer. The other thing I'm tracking closely these days, uh, so fundamentals, technicals, sentiment. Um, the fundamental underpinnings for liquidity. Um, more important now than ever, the Treasury General account um, is a great way to measure uh, uh, how much excess liquidity the Fed may or may not be aiming to get rid of off their balance sheet. So uh, I kind of want to bring back that we are not in we're not in a clear path like it was necessarily in 18 or 19. 19 in September of 19 it was very clear the repo market was broken like over like overnight rates between uh, banks or between uh, repo back with the Fed should not be moving like 2x in one night like going from five bips to 10 bips might seem very small for us for, for the crypto traders who are, who are pulling 300 or 3,000 bips in, in an hour right like it's very different but what I'm talking about is different cash. This is literally cash that's supposed to be cur- like treated as a current asset and a hedge fund. Should not be doubled. So it was very clear in 2019, something under under who was broken. This time is not so clear, but what's what is like fourth uh, up uh, like up at the pedestal is exactly as you said. Pal is just saying, like uh, channeling his his Volker and saying, like, I'm gonna go level nine thousand here, guys. Watch, watch me. Um, and then there are some parts of the market saying, you got to prove it to me. There's some parts of the, the uh, futures fund, I mean, the um, 
Oh, the Fed fund futures that are literally saying we don't believe you, pal. Like that. That's it. The regime, because like uh, inflation. So my my thinking is that Fed will not be able to go money printer burr mode unless inflation is um, calmed down. And I think we are many quarters. I mean, we're gonna look at the data each um, month, but I, I I think we're quarters away from reaching a point where they're comfortable going money printer go burr again. And I want to ask you, and if or if you've heard from anyone on the street or your working peers, like when do you think that? time will come again because i think uh now after this cycle especially like every crypto trader now is like talking about macro um, which is good because um that's kind of how i like i feel like i personally graduated um as a trader like going from technical analysis uh support lines and oversold overbought things like that to like paying attention to macro what what when do you think the fed can pivot or do you think it will be an external force like oh now we are really focusing on esg and even though inflation is at six percent um we have to you know the the, uh the the challenge of uh getting all these emissions the carbons down like that takes uh, precedence over the six percent inflation and we're gonna print money anyways well, do you have a, a strong bias on on that? Like when we can get into expansion mode instead of contraction mode? Because also there's a there's another uh, way I'm looking at this too. Because as we are no longer in an expansion mode and we're in a contracting mode, um, the dollar has has gone increasingly stronger, and I think it's going to continue. Maybe we get a little bit of a correction, but I think. I think that the dollar is on track to get even stronger, especially if, you know, we're not printing more dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have a strong opinion on that? Or have you heard of anyone in your, amongst your working peers that have like a strong opinion about that? That's a, that's a hard, that's a hard question. Um, I have to kind of go back and say, like, we are in a, there is not a lot of certainty right now. And that's what I think is keeping a lot of cash and liquidity on the sideline. <clears throat> um, to say, to specifically point out, I would like to say, like, uh, again, I'm no geopolitical strategist. I'm just casual observer when it comes to the geopolitics. But I think the number of eyeballs that are between, um, that are upon Asia right now, that are upon Eastern Europe. Um, I think those are fine and dandy. I have I have a feeling that um, the number of eyeballs covering that from a from a journalistic from a reporting perspective is in itself going to do away with any impending gray or black swan stemming from those. Um, and you could you could tell like I don't know if if everybody saw the put in address from yesterday. Um, but the market kind of like shrugged at it, which is very odd considering we're, we're literally in a time of conflict, right? Let's not call it a war. This is definitely unease, <clears throat> um, which to me means it will come from somewhere else. And I do think that it will take an external force to knock us, whether your view is if you're uh, been on the like the inflation, but secretly not being counted in CPI. Um, track where we get blown back towards an inflating um, Fed balance sheet, right? Um, if you think that's the way, the, the, like the, the norm of the world, um, and we revert back to that, uh, I would argue you gonna, you're going to you're in a, in a seat where you're praying for an external force because the way I see things right now, uh, I agree with what you said earlier. Powell doesn't seem like there's any change in his pace. He doesn't really he's not expressing that. Um, so either be that breaks first, like Powell's resolve, or it'll be broken for him by an external force. Uh, I, I don't know, um, but I, I think I think there's some interesting developments in um, South America, 
I think, I think if we, uh, there's a lot of civil unrest there as well. Uh, Venezuela, Argentina, uh, Ecuador. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, so, so I'm not, I'm not labeling, please don't, again, I'm not, uh, don't like cancel culture in my ass. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to that, which is actually why, right? If you're asking me, where are my potential blind spots that like a rogue wave can come out of? I think there's some potential disruptiveness coming from South America. Um, oh, you know what? Look no further than, I mean, it's kind of shenanigans. What DeSantis is doing with the migrant, um, I mean, it's terrible, like just flying people into onto Martha's Vineyard or whatever, like and misleading them. I don't know if what kind of political stunt that's supposed to achieve. But those people are, I think they're from Venezuela, like their original homeland is from Venezuela. So um, there is uh, this upheaval, this uprooting as geopolitics kind of has this second order effect, obviously, right? People who are um, disenfranchised by their by their governments or by their regime or by their religion, whatever is driving them to move, um, that has an effect on the global population, right? Like if you're in Italy, you have a very vested interest in learning what the hell is happening in uh, Morocco because those people are literally running up from uh, northeast Africa all the way to northwest Africa up into Spain and ending up in Italy and France. Okay. You have a very vested. How does that affect the world? Uh, well, you have just rising uh, populism. People are unhappy that they think, like, if you're an Italian, you might be thinking, why is, do we have such a weak border, right? Why do we have such a weak immigration control? Why am I not able to work a uh, minimum wage job and, and the guy from uh, the Sahara camp? I thought you were gonna say yeah. Bitcoin fixes this and like people in Argentina, they can opt out of the Argentine peso that has, I think, literally the, it's the number one most inflation. Uh, I think Argentina is suffering the, the highest inflation in the world right now. Um, and I thought you were going to- So I met, a, I met a risk officer from Celsius uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, and he's recently moving to, actually, I don't want to say too much because I, I yeah, didn't clear anything with him. So I don't want to say too much, but um, he is he has been working on looking at adoption curves by country uh, and also by asset class. So it's it, probably no surprise to anyone listening to this, um, this crypto podcast that crypto adoption is literally tracking mobile adoption in the third world. is very, very accurate in the third world. Um, just because you can get that data in mass, right? Like people, people um, in the first world countries have probably been playing with cell phones for 10 to 20 years now. And uh, it's, it's a lot... If you're ingrained in it, if you're not um, moving in crypto, you're probably just catching up in text messages. But if you're getting all of that in like a sh very short period of time, like they are in the third world, where you're not, you, you have an iPhone and you're not waiting for Snapchat, you're not waiting for Facebook, all those apps are immediately available to you now. So your consumption time is a lot more, you're on your phone a lot more. The point is the adoption for Bitcoin and ETH, uh, um, at, at least observed from, 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 that, from that perspective, is picking up pace. It's like, like, and that's measured over the last six months. So it's like you have all these microtransactions that are happening. It's literally people operating. Um, so I think I think people are probably familiar with the petrodollar uh, market and then the euro dollar market. This this externality of Bitcoin and ETH with a dollar behind it, that literally is in support of continuously supporting like a U.S. a U.S. dollar a, a global U.S. Um, reserve currency, if that makes sense. Like, that if you look at the number one pairs that are used, it's still BTS, USD, ETH, USD. Like, I know there's a lot of other stable attempts or, or whatnot out there. Um, but in terms of acceptance, those two are top of the top. So, I don't know, man. There's a lot, there's a lot going on at the same time. It's kind of like, you kind of have to be diligent here. Um, and like, I've been sitting on my hands. I'm not disappointing big dollars. I think you put up that survey the other day about like, have you started DCAing? Yeah, I bought some in June, July for like, I'm not, I didn't put it back in there, but to start yielding against it is literally just a smidge kind of goes into the, the deep stack, if you will. And I'm not looking at those things. It sits the same way as this with my VTI and spy shares that I don't look at. Um, Here's what I will say though. I think that even, <clears throat> yes, um, well, the adoption curve thing is definitely interesting. I think like, People don't even know that Bitcoin is actually less volatile than some 
of the fiat currencies available uh, in this world. I'm looking at the Turkish lira, I'm looking at the Argentine peso, um, places like that. The second thing is that, uh, well, the only thing I would, I would just cap that conversation off with is that it's just not usable. Like, there's no, like, you can't walk into a store and buy a water bottle um, with the Bitcoin just yet. I'm hoping for that day to happen, but like, you know, we need that utility in order for oh. to be using things like, like that, that actually could, you know, if you have just people in mass switching, um, I think that is a positive catalyst. The other thing I want to mention about this DCA conversation is like, I have on my screen right now, buy and BTC. And I, BTC usually bottoms first. Um... I'm looking at two recent points in that, um, 2018 and 2020. So, like, if you are looking to, if you're looking at both of these assets, and I look at them both every single day, like, you you really should be paying attention to BTC because when when you do get this, like, let's just call it a capitulation wick, right? People are talking about, oh, like, now we're testing this support level again. We're probably going to, like, nuke through it to 16K. Whether or not that happens, right, 30%, 16K or 19K, if you're a believer in BTC, 100K in like five years, whatever it is, um, it's not going to make a big difference. So that's why I'm, I'm starting to ask these questions, because like if you're underexposed, I don't feel like I'm underexposed anymore after this like DCA program that I've started uh, since since May. But, you know, like there's two, two instances here where BTC bottomed first, December 10th, 2018. Um, BTC bottomed uh, December 24th, 2018 um, SPY bottomed then we had this, uh, let's just call it a rally for several, two years and then COVID happened um, risk sold off the hardest BTC bottomed March 9th and then uh, two weeks later SPY put in its bottom March 23rd of 2020 so I, I'm basically looking out for this kind of relationship to happen again um, I want to say um, I I don't think you could be wronged when you look back. Let's call it five five years from now. Um, just taking a look at where the Dixie is, right? For dollar dollar relative strength. Um, I I, I don't think, and presumably this U turns um, in the next year, right? Because I don't. Here's the other thing: you really cannot be operating in FX, right? Sorry, in crypto right now without some eye on fx and that's you you literally dollar strength right um if you denominate your usd you denominate uh usd jpy usd hkd you're also denominating btc and usd and it's literally not doing as bad as like some other like you were mentioning a lira right um bitcoin is literally less less volatile than the lira and in some snippets of time yeah so um i really think that uh I think how you're viewing it is is appropriate, um, at least over a stretch of time. I do want to say that, like, from a, you don't want to miss the boat, which makes sense. So you you shell out, you know, a couple um, bips of your of your total net worth or your portfolio, just so you have some skin in the game. And if it somehow if Bitcoin goes to zero, you're not even it doesn't kill you, right? You're still around for tomorrow. Um, I think. Uh, so I want to say a couple more things because I know we're, we're running up on – I think you have to cut in a little bit, right? Yeah, um, 10 minutes or so. I want to say that if you've been um, listening to what Professor and I have been talking about from November of last year and you've been – you have like a casual 20 – extra 20% in sitting in cash – like you're already ahead based on your day performance. Yeah. And what I'm telling you is that I am not comfortable at this current junction deploy redeploying oh, that full twenty or twenty-five percent. So I'm only I'm only like on I'm being very, very picky as well. Like in June that was like a like I think it was like a five sigma uh uh thing uh going all the way back. Oh, the one that got me into bidding in June was when I saw the bond performance. That it's, the, it's been the worst year since 1778. And I was like, oh, we were founded in like two years before that. So this is probably like a generational something. So I was sticking, and even then I stuck in only a couple bips, right? So it's not like uh, I, went, I went ham. But was the other thing I want to- It was a 
It was basically a three sigma move from my calculation. I mean, I, I, I was being facetious. Yeah, like three is already extreme, but like five is like 0.5 percentile probably. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I was being, I was, I was, yeah. Um, so the other thing I think is worth pointing out is we still have not, we don't know where we are. There's no, when I say that, I, I keep, I sound like a, a broken record when I keep mentioning using the word uncertainty. I don't know another way to express this other than we have not been here before. You can look at charts and you can say, well, you know, BTC in, uh, in, okay. in 18 that winter. Um, but I'm literally describing to you um, that our, our monetary plumbing has not, this is like, this is the edge of space. We're at the frontier right now in terms of like, we are, we are writing history every single day that our monetary plumbing continues to flow and exist. Talking about reverse repo, yeah. talking about... Uh, I'm going to stop you right uh, there. Stop yeah, you right yeah. There. The hash so, uh, I think the QT. Hash ribbon oh, has flashed by. Yeah, how are, they, how are they doing? I did a flash by. Monetary plumbing. All I know is that there's a blue buy instruction on my screen right now. What say you? monetary policy <laughs> yeah i say <laughs> where was hash what did the hash hash ribbon hash ribbon thing say when arthur burns was around if i wasn't even it has been <laughs> its entire existence entire 36 month existence no man this this thing came out i i, I actually don't even know but the tech, 2014 tech, but the, dude you know what's funny this thing if you bought bitcoin you know at any point in time in the last like 10 years of course this thing is is going to be right like over some period of time right like you can just say that for every indicator like oh yeah we were right like because this thing has only gone um, yeah for that 10 minutes on that one day eight eight years ago it was right i know what you mean so i want to ask you if you've watched um stanley druckenmiller's talk on palantir on Palantir, oh, that's that sounds new. No, yeah, it came out in September fourteenth, uh, I think, or a week or, or two weeks ago. Anyways, he said that there's a high chance. Actually, are you familiar with Stanley Druckenmiller's research, like his his market bias over the last two or three decades, or um, or no? Uh, a little bit, of course. I mean. Dude's a legend. Okay. Uh, Regardless of whether or not, I want I want to ask you something, because he actually I want to frame it such that I don't lead the witness. You are familiar with the uh, the lost generation in Japan, right? The lost decade, yeah. Mm-hmm. The lost decade, exactly. Stagnation, stagnation. Now, I think you know where I'm going with this. What do you? about the lost decade for uh, this generation of Americans. Because everyone's been investing in, in American stocks, right? America has been doing very well for the last couple decades. Now, what say you about the next 10 years for the US? And I'm talking about prices. Don't go, don't go cultural on me. I'm talking SPY, NASDAQ. Dow Jones, although I feel like most millennials are not going to be buying Dow Jones. They're more interested in buying like Bed Bath & Beyond. But let's just do SPY. Yeah. Are, if you're going to straight up ask me point blank, are we going to pull off like a Nikkei style, like yeah. cliff dive of 90% no, no, and no, then no, stay no. there? For, not stay like there? My answer, is, my answer is no. I don't expect that, that style of implosion. Okay, no, um, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about a 90% cliff dive. I don't think that's going to happen either. I'm talking a tight, a relatively tight, you know, range for a decade. Let's call it eight years to the end of uh, to, to 2030. Mm, I, I'm of the opinion something will break. Uh, probably in the next year or two. Two is already a stretch in my mind, um, which would which would have to cause Powell to flip back. So I am in team pivot as of right now. Just I'm just not why. there. I just don't know when or why. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm also of the opinion like 
this ratcheting is uh, something. Oh, actually, Druckenmiller described this the exact same way in his. I think he was talking to the founder of Stripe. I forgot his the guy's name. There, that was the interviewer back in June or May. I rewatched that back in like August, just to just just as a refresh. Um, and even Druckenmiller was pointing out in in May that we've never been here before. So like. The guy's older than than me and 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 you possibly combined actually, um, and like he even he is pointing out like we have not been here before, and my first inklings were like year to date performance in bonds Q1 Q2, uh total performance aggregate between like um sovereign bonds or sovereign yeah it, it was not it was it was the most horrendous thing you could see and like um. And I was just talking about one segment of asset classes. That's just one, right? Um, if you reverse back like two years, uh, real estate doing what it did in two years back to back is not a sign of a healthy, like it's not sustainable. It's not supposed to move like Dogecoin or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think we are going to get, or here's, here's another measure. Um, there's a period of time Right during the great resignation, uh, now it's evolved into quiet quitting. Um, I, I, I don't think that's a good mentality to have, and that's a measure of like where we are from from from, a, from an overall and aggregate society perspective, right? Americans, if right? I'm talking specifically about Americans, I feel like this well, productivity, no this push for productivity. Uh, yeah, it feels like it feels like there are more, and I I think like no one uh, in the Discord is a stranger to like, wow, someone made like five grand today just shorting ETH, and that is someone's monthly salary right there. Yeah. So there is more incentive to sit at home, <laughs> clicking around on your futures with the 10x than there we, is. We never went on social media. It, it, I think it inspired a lot of people to think, you know that this is easy, like, you can do this every single day, and then, like, now you have a bunch of these millennials um, <laughs> that are just like, oh, I aspire to be a trader one day. I just want to click buttons and make $5,000 sitting on my ass. Doing someone said, someone said, when I grow up, I want to be Berlin. I love that person. <laughs> Who said that? I, might have, I think it was Leva. I think it was Leva. I forgot. I got to go back to the chat. But um, what a shame. that makes me feel awesome, and at the same time, like, you don't want to be me, bro. You don't. Oh, wait, they can't get into Twitch. Shit, I'm just reading Quantum's message now. Uh, they're going to need a private when you're done. Because we can't get in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay, well, we're going to have to figure that out somehow. Um, good thing that this is being recorded this time, so we're okay. All right, um, Berlin, I'm going to end the stream t like five minutes earlier. Just because I gotta go uh, run and do something. Um, end of this year, there was a. Do you think we're gonna end lower by the end of this year or higher? Because I'm starting to see um, people in my circle kind of flip flop. From my current junction, uh, I, I I'm gonna venture that. <laughs> I think the next leg down, or it, it, I mean, the next leg might be a, a squeeze, and then the, the next series leg is going to be a down, and I think we'll meander from there. So I think slightly lower from here is going to be my conservative answer. I, I don't, yeah, I just don't see us having a complete washout year um, without another attempt at coming back because there is cash on the sideline that there is going to be performance chasing, which can nearly guarantee you volatility. Yeah, that's why I like Q4. Um, I think it's going to swing one way or the other in a relatively large fashion. And the reason why I asked this is because last week we had a question of whether or not ETH would trend towards 1K. Um, and I think we both uh, mentioned that it would. We have no reason for it to go higher right now. So we are we think that it would go lower. And that was last week, the 15th of September and the price was 16 $1640.
And okay. we had a low this week of $1,224 on my screen. So, uh, yeah, that happened. I don't even know if I was expecting this big of a move from the FOMC, but, I mean, it is a 30% move. At least it was over a week, because normally this happens in a day in crypto. <laughs> Oh, I will say, like, the swings are becoming a little bit more digestible. I think everyone's kind of uh, expecting these types to move now. And it's also kind of speaks to the the, the, the kind of the developments inside uh, derivatives for uh, crypto, right? It kind of shields it when you start having uh, uh, folks use derivatives to hedge, um, reduces, supposed to reduce volatility. Uh, that's also another sign that, like, because we had VIX and SPX divergence, uh, I believe, a week or two weeks ago. Um, we'll see if that comes up in uh, in spot versus like IV for, um, for for BTC and ETH. I do think the time for um, the time for going um, size long on like uh, uh, optionality for for outperformance in in crypto. Is I want to say probably when our monetary when the monetary flip or switch like arrives, and Wait, you're gonna we'll have we'll have time for that. We'll have time for that. Don't you want to position yourself before the switch? Because if you wait until so, after the switch, then it's too late, right? If you're, but I I I don't know if that's necessarily true for crypto because it kind of runs on this lag as well, right? Like things get priced in very very quickly so if you don't catch a v bottom especially in derivatives yes you've missed a, a huge piece of the move you got to be there and you got to be there sized right but what's worse than being sized wrong being wrong entirely on the thesis and timing right um so i i still i'm still out there i just just throwing it out there i don't want to drop a bombshell in here and say i'm going max long eth straight calls um but I, i'm not there i'm just saying that that time is probably in the next three to six month window. It's it's tricky oh. actually because if you recall, and I remember we we spoke very frequently in the summer of 2020. Um, we were just heavily trading and like the the there was a lot of time. Like even if you did not catch BTC at like what 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 did it wick down to in March like four or five three point. Yeah, three point five or three point eight. Before I was called for. What, I, what I'm trying to get at is that you had the entire summer of 2020 to get in at six k, seven k, eight k, right? And then, and then once fall really ended, that's when things just kind of like just went off the charts. Um, so you you did have time. Um, so we were buying ETH hand over fist at two fifty, and then we were like, wait a second, wait a second, it, it, we 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 should buy when it hits two hundred. And it never got I there. Remember, I remember. We should we should wait until we should wait until it hits two hundred to load up the to load up even more. And then I can't. But there's a whole other zero behind it now, and it's like, yeah, that's if you were around for Bitcoin, like that's that's nothing. You have to wait for another two zeros. I'm just like, all right, I don't know when that's gonna come, but like everything right now is looks like it's on fire. So <laughs> I think there's more important things to look at. And you know now there's even more names. You have the Solanas, you have the Avox, you have the Near, you have the Atom, you have the Aptos, you have the Optimism, you have Matic, right? But uh, I can't believe you forgot Luna Classic. I'm never. I don't want to say never because I, I just I trade anything, but I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> Luna has burned has ruined people's <laughs> lives, man. Uh, I'm just happy oh, yeah. that our Discord got out to be before, for the most part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wind this down. I'm gonna end the, end the, uh, with a gift actually. I'm gonna try to get the GMX uh, top trader on with us next week, Berlin, and we can pick his brain. He was the top trader for like two or three weeks, um, and now he's uh quite busy. So actually, I feel like he's still trading. I I should check what he's been doing. Um, I should really just be copy trading him because like I haven't been active. So like, uh, actually, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk with him next week if he's comfortable sharing any of his alpha, his idea, ideology, his um perspectives on the on the whole market. So that'll be a nice gift for the heisters next week, next Thursday. Um.
on the Worthless Crypto Options show, where we did not talk about options at all this episode, but uh, we did have a good chat, I think, on the bigger picture, and we are coming up on the one-month anniversary of when we kind of alerted our community to sell, so... Um, with that, I'm going to end it. Thank you all for tuning in. This is uh, has been a lovely evening with you, Berlin, as usual. I'm glad we're starting to do this again, especially when, you know, activity is just super low. Um, I'm really happy that there's like the handful, 10, 20 people that actually join. Um, it helps us get through the bear market, you know. Any final uh, words, Berlin? Before we jump uh stay healthy stay liquid yes stay alive I, I i i will say one last thing actually what you meant to say before is like when you're holding on to dollars right you're in a cash position you feel naked because you're not holding coins or whatever stocks you're actually up right you haven't lost anything you haven't lost your hat which i know there's a lot of people who lost their hats this year alone. Um, and in fact, the dollar is up, even though prices have gone up everywhere in the world, but the dollar is up. So who knows? Yep. Maybe cash is king for the next quarter, two or three. Um, we'll talk more about that next week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, and until next time, cheers. <laughs>